Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. such thing as death life is only a dream and we are the imagination of ourselves Welcome to My Third Eye, prying open your thought, truth, and reality, questioning everything and anything from conspiracies, cryptic, spiritual, natural healing, and everything else there is to encounter. Everything we think is not real, just might be real. Welcome to My Third Eye. And that started off with our protest around our tradespeople and our union members smashing down the union headquarters because they were refusing to stand up for their members. And this resulted in uh, tactical police facing off with, with tradesmen. And then everyone jumped and piled in onto this. And they were protesting across the state. So much to the point to try and quash what was happening, the state government put a ban on any media helicopters taking footage of it because it might inspire others to do so. Well, hello there, my third eyers. Uh, yes, this is your weekly episode of my third eye podcast or just my third eye or m3e however you want to abbreviate it toss it around share it with your friends you know hey that's what we do around here you know we like subscribe share pester your friends tell everybody about your pot this podcast and uh move on about your day also uh coming up here in the near future if you want ad free uh episodes i highly suggest the patreon three dollars gets you the full weekly episode um and five dollars gets you the full weekly episode the full talk at the tavern the full cunt which is still free and all videos that match and any extra bonus content so for a two dollar difference and five dollars a month i mean heck uh, 
Discovery Plus is 10 bucks a month and I'm only charging five. So, and I, I don't know, may, they, okay, I can't compare myself to Discovery Plus because, you know, they have a bigger production team behind them. However, like, share, subscribe, go to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash my third eye podcast. And all you, all you Patreons over there, love you, love you and love the support. Can't thank you enough. And also, do not ever forget, if you have pets that have joint problems, uh, maybe a neurological problem, anxiety problem, you know, any, anything like that, or just maybe some skin problems, go to purepetwellness.com. They are a family-owned and operated company here in the United States that produce pet CBDs. Yes, you heard that correctly family owned operated here in the united states pet cbds and if you scroll through their site and you see something you like uh, they have many options once you're done you enter ghost at checkout bada bing bada bang 20 percent off your entire order so hit up purepetwellness.com and get your pet cbds today uh, that is the only ad read that I'm going to do uh, going into the future. There is going to be ads placed into these episodes. And if you don't want the ads, that's where Patreon comes in. Uh, Got to make a little money here. You know, times are tough. And, you know, hey, uh, that's why I keep my tiers at 3 and $5. So having said all that, this was a longer intro than normal. And I love every one of you Patreons and listeners and subscribers. And don't forget to hit up the Instagram, email me, do, do what you got to do. You know, keep this up and running. Enjoy the episode. And uh, yeah, it's going to open your eyes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another fun and exciting episode of My Third Eye, a fun journey. Uh, my guest this time, um, you've heard him on Talk at the Tavern a couple times, and he is probably one of the biggest contributors to Cunt. Uh, today, I have Drew Misson from the podcast, You're Missing the Point, coming all the way from down under over there in New Zealand. No, I'm just kidding. He's not from New Zealand. He's from Australia. <laughs> How are you, Drew? I'm good, mate. Watch out. Never confuse an Australian with a Kiwi. It's like comparing no. an American to a Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky I know so, you're uh, taking the piss. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let people know where they can find your podcast, find you on social media, and and uh, I don't know, I guess just take it away and drop some hammers. Uh, I'm ready to get educated. And uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I'm the host of Your Missing the Point podcast. You can find me on all the usual podcatchers. I'm listed on Instagram as your underscore missing underscore uh, the point. Uh, it is M-I-S-S-E-N. For those of you who may not get that with the accent, it is my last name, M-I-S-S-E-N. I'm also a co-host of the Conspiracy Theatre 3000 show where we break down uh, Hollywood-based films for symbolism and any kind of conspiracy stuff. Uh, my co-hosts are Moral Bob and Andy Rouse. And I also have a educational podcast called The Homeroom, Educating Educators, where I break down the education system with our homeschooling mum named Kaylee, my lovely co-host, and 
myself as a government school teacher, we try to help parents how they can navigate the education system and if they should so choose, break into the homeschooling realm. Nice. You're a busy man. I am, yeah. It started off as one and quickly evolved. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does that. It takes a takes a nasty turn sometimes. And uh, you know, uh, my guests are no no stranger and listeners, uh I recently left my my other project uh just due to not not having the time to give it a hundred percent. You know what I mean? And I did I didn't feel that was fair to Shane. But uh, you know, I had I have to regroup and refocus on on my stuff. But you know, hey, it maybe something else will down the line will come up. Who knows? You know, if it does, it does it doesn't it doesn't you know right now i'm having a blast doing cunt you know every week and uh and the tavern i mean last last time you were on the tavern we were having a ton of laughs so yeah good 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 stuff so um yeah like i said you come in from australia and you brought up something to me about uh the gun control and how it started and you you want to drop some some bombs on that Yeah, what I'm here to discuss today isn't anything new under the sun, but I think it's something that Americans have a real gap in their understanding of. Americans think, oh, yeah, Australians let their guns be taken away, but they don't really know the ins and outs of what happened around it. And maybe this can give you guys a bit of insight into how I think they're going to try and manage gun control within the United States. So the event that spurred all this in Australia was the Port Arthur Massacre. And before I get into anything, I really need to preface this by saying that this is a really controversial topic for Australians. Um, Having the conversation around this may be traumatic for some people. And my intention is not to upset anyone or make anyone's memories of loved ones belittled at all. Um, It's just to draw light on those innocent victims and the tragic events that what happened around it. Specifically that there are a lot of missing parts of this story parts that don't make sense that allude to the fact that there's potentially more than one person involved that hasn't been brought to light yet. Gotcha. And, and you're right because, you know, as an American, you know, I was like, man, how could Australia just give up their guns and, and, you know, do this now? I, I, I do understand some people still have some, you're allowed to have hunting rifles and, and, and whatnot to an extent. Am I correct? Yeah, which I do. I do myself. Um, So if you're a primary producer like a farmer, you can have firearms. They can still have semi-automatic weapons for putting down um, their stock or for taking care of um, pest species. Hunters, um, we're limited to certain types of hunting rifles and shotguns now. Um, We can have pistols in Australia, but it's a very rigorous process to get one uh, and takes years of jumping through hoops. I don't like New York and California for us. Yeah, very similar in a lot of those ways. And what what I'm trying to set out to do with this episode, and I, like you said, don't want to ruffle any feathers because it is a sensitive uh, topic for, for Australians. Um, however, I think Americans need to open their eyes because we, we sit here and think that nothing like that is ever going to happen. Yet, you look around the world right now and you see countries rising up in protests and America's still sitting on their ass and everybody looking to America, you are the last hope. You guys still have your guns. You guys can still do something for, about your tyrannical government. Yet we sit here on our ass and think, ah, it's, it, everything's okay. Oh, whatever. Joe Biden's Joe Biden or you know this or that. They're, they'll never take our guns. The ultimate goal is to take our guns. And once they do that, then 
I mean, we already see it with freedom of speech. They're, they're trying to go after that left and right hard. And, you know, the Second Amendment here in America uh, follows the First Amendment for a reason. So I don't know. Yeah, it backs you up that little bit against tyrannical uh, leadership, doesn't it? Yeah. So our story starts, a little bit of Australian history starts with Port Arthur. Port Arthur's a uh, a place within Australia where has a very high historical significance. It's where our one of our very first convict colonies was. So for the broader part of Australians, it becomes a, a place that we know of historically. Um, it's a town which people visit for tourism. Um, kids go there, that type of thing. After this event, it's now known as a place of Australia's largest mass shooting. It took place on the 28th of April in 1996 in that tourist town um, in Tasmania, which is our, our island to the south of us off the mainland. The perpetrator of this, Martin Bryant, killed 35 people and wounded 23 others. And it's still known to today as the worst shooting in Australian history because of the fundamental gun changes that happened afterwards. That's just the mainstream breakdown of it. Pretty simple. A guy went out there, shot a bunch of people, wounded a bunch of people, and Australia overhauled its, its gun laws overnight, essentially. But at any point when you research this or look into it, uh, even so far after the fact, you always come across any references to questioning what happened or trying to delve in deeper to it. It labels, the system seems to label you as an Australian as a far-right extremist or a gun nut just for looking into it. Um, and this, this gaslighting of and suppressing of independent research um, really puts it as a no-go zone for a lot of Australians. No people would like to touch it. I'd, a lot more people feel a lot more comfortable about questioning the COVID narrative opposed to this. Now, make, well, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Because it was such an altering uh, time for your, your whole entire country. And, you know, whether you want to call them false flags or whatever, you know, they here in America, they never let a good crisis go to waste when, when there's a quote unquote mass shooting. And I think they're trying, in my humble opinion, to base any mass shooting or large shooting here in America to do what happened with Port Arthur. And Absolutely. It, it, it's yep. scary because you're sitting here saying people would rather talk, you know, question the, the COVID narrative rather than talk about this. And you kind of, it's kind of backwards here where we don't have to really talk about gun issues. I mean, we do, but people don't want to question the, the COVID narrative here. Now, when you get into mass shootings or crises that, that do happen with this, you're always going to get pushback from, from one group or another, you know, whether it's you, we need more guns or we need less guns, whatever. Statistically, people that have more concealed carry uh, permits in a, a, a state or a city have lower crime. It's, it, it's just a proven fact, you know what I mean? So when you get into wanting to take guns and like I had mentioned earlier, other countries around the world looking to America, Hey, you know, stand the fuck up or this is going to be you. I foresee that very, very quickly because not just with the gun issue, there's so many other issues that you see spawning out of like Australia and certain other countries that are quickly getting adapted over here. And people are, Again, sitting on their hands and thinking nothing of it. 
And that's why it's so important to understand what happened here to, so that your listeners and those in the States, they can understand what's what's happening to you. When I see the events of the past, like the Las Vegas shooting, um, a lot of your school shootings in particular that are quite questionable, um, I'm not dismissing that people have died. That's It's a tragic event that there's victims of this, but there are still a lot of murky areas which ring red flags for me or alarm bells when I say what's happening with you guys. But we need to discuss how the, the the thought process around firearms changed in Australia. In a lot of ways, we were like America. We don't have a constitution where, where it allows self-defence and the right to bear arms, but we're a country that grew around firearms for hunting purposes, recreation, um, for farming. Like majority of Australia was an, ag- was an agricultural hub for the longest time. And many generations, particularly the boomers, grew up with firearms never being an issue. Personally, my father's told me stories of how he would ride down the main street of our town as a kid with a shotgun broken over the handlebars so he could go rabbit shooting and all the people would wave to him and say, oh, if you go, go and get a few for us. And it was just a part of the culture. There, were, there wasn't any high gun violence that you would see in the States. The violence that we, we saw in Australia with firearms, which is probably similar to the Americans, was particularly around uh, what you would consider underground gangs and bikies and things like that targeting each other it wasn't really civilian based you might have had the odd uh, murder suicide but nothing to the extent of what you would think guns would be banned or regulated over so all these mass shootings mass shootings i say in air quotes that happened in the past were to do with those underground figures and the average deaths per shooting were five people So it was very targeted. They knew who they were going after. It wasn't indiscriminate killing of innocent people in the streets. Prior to the Gun Control Act that came in after the Port Arthur Massacre, it was a hotly contested political issue in Australia. We had the left, which is our Labor Party, really pushing for uh, regulation around firearms because Australians had access to pretty much everything. And we weren't really doing anything illegal or anything terrible with them. We were just owners, not like our cousins in New Zealand. Until recently, New Zealand had the firearms laws that we used to have, and they didn't have any issues until one of their mass shootings. Right. Now, I'm going to lay out a few little interesting tidbits before we go into the events of Port Arthur. These are some of the things that came out before Port Arthur um, and during when it happened. So the Premier of New South Wales, which is like one of your governors, said when he was pushing for this gun control, said, and I quote, it will take a massacre in Tasmania before we get gun reform in Australia. Now, this is worth noting, this happened two months prior to the event of the shooting. That's red flag right off the gate. Like Absolutely. Now, the, the media will try and label this as Tasmania was a very conservative state with a high gun uptake. That's the reason he said it but it's very much alarm bells considering the context of what happened shortly after this. Another that, interesting... That, yeah. Sorry, that's no different than uh, Fauci coming out and saying, oh, there's going to be a, a pandemic, you know, and then boom, all of a sudden COVID hits. It's the world. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> a know, predictive it's program, like, right? Yeah. Oh, or it's, wow. It's re- revelation of the method in a lot of ways. Another interesting point. The week of this mass shooting in Tasmania... There's an international medical conference being held there. Doctors from all around the world came to this event. The focus of this was a simulation for an extreme trauma resulting from a mass shooting. 
event 201 event 2025 mm. <laughs> like, wow yeah seeing things that go back that far it's it boggles the mind one last thing now remembering how many people were killed so we had the 20 uh, 35 people killed and 23 wounded here's the last major part that brings red flags for me we had the conference for doctors. We had what the Premier said. But there was also a 22-body air-conditioned mortuary van specially built, placed in Tasmania that week because Tasmania does not have the facilities for that many bodies all at once. Wow. Wow. Yes. Tell me this wasn't planned without telling me this wasn't planned. And the last one, Tasmania, it's... Lovely, beautiful place. Population-wise, quite small to compared to the mainland. And at that time, not a huge population, in particular around Port Arthur. The only two police in the region that could have intervened and stopped it were called out to a false report half an hour away when the event took place. Wow. So there's I don't already... even know what to say, say to that. You know what I mean? Like r- everything that you just laid out is basically everything that we point out now with certain mass shootings. You know, you, the Vegas shooting, for for instance. You know, there are a lot of fucking red flags there. You know, you, Uvalde. All, every one of them has similar red flags. You know, some something was staged. Some event was taking place. They they did a drill the day before, or an exercise. You know what I mean? And then boom. It happens. Yeah, and just those alone should be enough to warrant a a deeper investigation, but no major investigation came out of this. The shooting happened. There was a standoff with police. They caught him. They didn't kill him. He wasn't shot dead. He admitted to the crime, and he got the longest-serving sentence in Australian history. He's currently serving over a 1,000 years in prison. You guys don't have the death penalty, I take it? We don't have the death penalty. He cannot be interviewed by the media. He cannot be visited. He is shut alone in a prison without the ability to be questioned. So let's get down to the events and some of the the issues for the event that I've found. At 1.30pm on Sunday, 28th of April, 1996, an unknown professional combat shooter opened fire in the Broad Arrow Cafe in Port Arthur. In less than 20 minutes, in less than 20, in less than a minute, sorry, 20 people lay dead, 19 of them killed with a single shot to the head, fired from the right hip of a fast-moving shooter. So this person was firing what was an AR-15 from the right-hand hip, killing that many people within the space of a minute, majority of them shot between the eyes. This is is a red flag. Exactly. There's also a red flag that Martin Bryant, the man who was pinned for this, is left-handed with no firearms experience whatsoever. Man, like, I don't know if it was uh, Luis that I had on was talking about there was another mass shooting or, or a shooting that took took place over in the EU uh, not that long ago, and it, very similar. Uh, a lot of lot of headshots and uh, a lot of quick shots at that. Like, like, uh, what do they call that? Uh, um, in video games, uh, like scoping somebody real quick you mm-hmm. know they did, boom, yep. headshots and, and this and that and it's very strange that 
people can be that accurate with a no training and b like you're saying he's a left-handed dude with a right-handed gun and he's making all these headshots we have special forces from take your country that aren't aren't even that that fucking good absolutely and this lint cafe you've got these people who are not all sitting like some people would argue that he sprayed across the room and just managed to hit those people in the head what a fluke right not all these people were sitting and you have to know as well as i do being around firearms as soon as that first round goes off you'll get a reaction from the people in the room they will start uh-huh. ducking they would dive they would run but still all these people were put down within the space of a minute in less than 30 minutes at six separate crime scenes 30 people were shot dead with another 22 wounded and two cars stopped with a total of 64 bullets so one guy pulled all that off one guy supposedly pulled all this off upon leaving the link cafe a fast moving daihatsu like a four-wheel drive driven by linda white was crippled in a beirut triple and you would know what a beirut triple is mm-hmm. so for listeners who don't know this is normally reserved for dead blocking islamic terrorists driving a primed um, explosive car at you um specifically around lebanon this is how it got its name so yeah, what would happen is put- these barriers up we call them jersey barriers here you have one on one side one on the other side and then one so you basically have to kind of do like an go through it like an s it's it forces people to slow down so they can be inspected yeah and so the Beirut triple is a means of stopping a car with an ied on explosive device so this how this is how it happens you would use one shot to sight yourself in a second shot to disable the driver killing them and a third to stop the engine so this, this person who's left-handed, who has no training in firearms, used a military-style tactic to stop a vehicle that was coming out. And, and a random vehicle. Am I, am random, I getting this a, right? A, Just a, a, random. Random, a random vehicle. I would say this person was possibly a witness, and this witness was there to be silenced. Mm. Now, very few people know this military technique, especially in Australia. Australia is not like the United States. Our population of our military is very small compared to yours. Um, more so, our, our military has very high standards and you have to be top of the top to get in. Even as a rifleman in the army, you have to prove yourself above and beyond to get into the Australian military. So the fact that a random person could do this, again, alarm bells for me. And this is 1996, okay? The Nin- internet was just being kind of born at this point so you didn't have google you didn't have youtube to search these different tactics back then uh we barely had cell phones you know they were just coming i mean we had them but you know they weren't like not everybody had them they they weren't in your pocket and they weren't smartphones to begin with so how, how okay so how does one guy get this training if he's not connected to a government somehow or the government pulled it off and pinned it on this dude this is where I'm starting to think it is. He's being used as a patsy. And it becomes more and more obvious the more you find out about Mountain Brian. So this awesome display of combat marksmanship has totally blamed on an intellectually impaired man who had no shooting or military experience. He has the IQ of an 11-year-old. So he's a retard. Basically, yes. He's mentally incapable. What? And this okay. is not this part of it. His mental um, inabilities are not dismissed by the media. They use this to try and twist it to say that 
it was a contributing factor to what he did. But with that, there's no way he could possibly have done it. Now, it, when you say he, uh, of an 11-year-old, are we talking Down syndrome type stuff, just or MHMR, mental health, men, mental retardation, or uh, autism? Do, do they give a, a specific kind when, when, um, when they reported this? Because I could now, see a high-functioning autist focusing in and being able to, to you know really good at one skill you know what i mean but yeah um, even then i don't you know what i mean i don't like, think he's ever been given a do- an official diagnosis but being 96 okay. autism wasn't a big thing that was a relatively thing of the, the thousands where it started True. to come out he was just a mentally impaired person with a low iq that's what they labeled him as so martin bryant an intellectually impaired invalid person with no training uses high-powered assault rifles and could not under any circumstances have achieved and maintained the incredibly high consistent kill-to-injury ratio. The kill-to-injury ratio was a benchmark for Port Arthur that's being used worldwide now. And people, and I'm using this as a reference, but a lot of people who know and play video games like Call of Duty and those types of things, there's a kill-to-death ratio. Well, this is a kill-to-injury ratio, which you base marksmanship on in the military. His kill-to-wound ratio was incredibly high for someone who's supposedly never been around firearms. Wow. Yeah. So my mind instantly goes to, this is why I think it needs to be discussed because either this guy did it with other people or it was other people completely. And if these people haven't been found, it hasn't been researched, what are we doing for those memory of those people? We're dismissing the tragic events that happened. No, there's no justice for the for the innocent. Absolutely not. And the media did a really good job in this country and spun it like you said. They used a, a an opportunity and ran with it. And so many people in this country, as soon as you bring this up, they will look at you like you've got two heads and will shut down instantly. Not want to talk about it. It's a very traumatic uh, conversation for Australians. It seems almost similar to how the JFK assassination used to be uh, viewed over here up until yes, maybe the so. last maybe 20 years or so. Uh, it, it got more common to talk about and, you know, this and that. But, you know, back even in when I was in high school and stuff, you know, people really didn't. They're like, you know, JFK was assassinated and they left it at that. Nobody. Mm. You know what I mean? Obviously, that's where the term conspiracy theory comes from and, and what have you, because if you look into it, oh, yada, yada, yada. But it, it, it seems very similar to the point where they shut down. Uh, people used to shut down over JFK. Hopefully now more people like yourself bringing it up can make it more normalized to where people want to look into this. And it, I think it needs to be looked into because you're sitting here telling me stuff I never even knew. I just knew. There was a mass shooting in Port Arthur, and y'all got your guns taken away. And up until, hell, probably a year or so ago, I didn't think Australians could own a gun. Period. Until um, I forget who it was, but it brought it to my attention. They're like, "No, they can." And you know, this, it might have even been Ryan. You know, talking with somebody from Australia or whatever. I was like, "Oh shit!" I thought they totally couldn't have them. And you know, because that's kind of what we get told over here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, obviously, our fake news is going to report it and twist it and 
manipulate try to manipulate us absolutely it's a it's a heavily regulated system now but you're absolutely right it needs to be spoken about and i liken it kind of to what alex jones has been going through recently with sandy hook at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation and partnership we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day to find out more visit parker.com/purpose parker engineering your success everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the fileo fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6 limited time only price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer single item at regular price ba da ba 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 you can't speak about sandy hook in america because of the trauma around the lives of so many children lost which is a tragic event i absolutely agree but it shouldn't be completely off the table for discussion and that's still very much the 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 psyche around it in Australia. So whoever yeah. was on the trigger that day demonstrated a professional skill equal to the best special forces in the world. Their critical error, however, was killing too many people too quickly while injuring far too few. This exposed themselves. It told us that a highly trained combat shooter, probably ranked among the top 20 in the world, was in charge of this or perpetrated it i.e government your black ops or um what do you guys have anything equivalent to like the cia or the fbi in your country like uh we have england england has mi5 and mi6 we have asio so they're our version of that yeah okay um but yes we it's even the idea that it was a potentially, and I use that very strong, a potential military expert or mercenary used to do this harkens back to what possibly happened with JFK. Mm-hmm. And, well, I, they did actually release the full unedited uh, version of the protruder. Uh, am I saying that right? Protruder film? Whatever, whatever, whatever the name of the film is, and you can clearly see that the driver is the one who actually pulled the trigger on JFK, mm. which it's, is crazy because Jackie O'Neill, she, she was saying, it. yeah, and she she was saying, she, she admitted it came from the driver. He was assassinated by the driver. She she said that three times in, in, a, in a statement that she gave, which I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's creepy to know that our own governments around the world would set up these kind of events to usher in or keep in control certain things that they want. And, and this is the thing we need to discuss because at the end of the day, we're just collateral damage to them. Yeah. The average person's life doesn't matter as long as their goal is fulfilled. And when we hearken back to this Link Cafe, uh, sorry, not the Broad Arrow Cafe, sorry, we've got a space where there's people everywhere moving around 
And now we get the idea that this has been perpetrated by someone with a highly trained experience, especially when we take into account the square space of a kill shot that was needed for that. You've got these assault rounds coming out of his Colt AR-15. The kill shot range was a six by six target over the heart and over the head. So the ones that he didn't kill between the eyes were heart shots. There were no other bullets, nothing spraying people, no injuries around the body. It was kill shots within this cafe. Now, it's accepted that, by that, authorities. That right there screams. Special forces. That, that's your basic. Yeah, that's your, uh, what they, you know, two in the chest, one in the head. One, mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, and the low number of and the low number of rounds that were used during this in, compared yeah. to the amount of people that were actually killed and, and those that were injured. Yes, there were some injured, but the numbers are far too low for what a person indiscriminately spraying should have been. Now mm. it's really it's accepted by the authorities in Tasmania immediately after the shooter entered the Broad Arrow Cafe that he killed his first 12 victims in 15 seconds. Holy shit. Mathematically impossible, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. That's multiple shooters. That's less than a second each. Mm -hmm. That's not... You don't even see that in in highly trained, professional target competition shooting. You know what I mean? And, you know, they sit there with their timer and they're like, pop, 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 pop. No, that's that's not one person, sorry. There's a few there's a few features around Martin Bryant which were used by both the media, captured CCTV footage, and the police. Straggly white guy, long blonde hair. Now, if you're placing a shooter somewhere and you want the public to think it's them, all you need to do is put a wig on. Blonde wig, dress like the person. So this person supposedly killed all these innocent people in this cafe, shot the driver upon exiting, and killed a few more people in separate locations, at which point he got back to uh, the seascape, which is like his house, his little place where he was living. He was swiftly surrounded by armed police from Tasmania and Victoria, which is my state, which is across an ocean, (laughs) a stretch of a strait. So they swiftly got these Victorian police rapid response out there in 96, like we had helicopters then clearly, but they were there very quickly. And we need to take into account that this is the bottom of Tasmania, the very bottom of our country. So from the mainland to the bottom, we managed to get rapid response police there. So this siege took place now. So while the media were reporting on how difficult it was, Martin Bryant fired a further 250 rounds during the siege at the police and didn't hit a single thing. Wait a minute. He went from super accurate to can't hit the broad side of a barn. Which is exactly what you would expect for someone that has no actual firearms training. Right. During this siege, he was in contact with the police and calling them. They were, this was released in the media within a week or two of the event that the conversations around him and the police Martin Bryant is speaking like what a child would speak like, not really understanding the severity of what's going on. The police are talking to him like, do you have hostages, that type of thing. And he's talking about putting a cup of tea on and making food for people. And even in those conversations, you can hear him actively speaking to someone in the background. 
But after this siege ended, there was no one else in the house alive with him. It's almost like he was being prompted to say certain things. Man, does this have MK Ultra shit written all over it? Yeah, they they got a patsy. They used him for their purposes, and they most likely had outside outside sourced military to conduct the events. Now, these pictures are really hard to track down. I've only got them in physical books. So until I get digital copies to send to you, I'll, I'll have to reserve them, but I will describe them. This is the time of just standard CCTV, right? Mm-hmm. The media put out a picture that was cropped of Martin Bryant running from the cafe. He's big blonde hair blowing in the hair as he's running away. There it is. That's our evidence. He's the man. He's our shooter. There's an unedited version of that picture, uncropped. Martin Bryant running away still, but there's three men standing at the cafe, two leaning over the railing watching him run, a third one with a cigarette in his mouth wearing full khakis. That doesn't make any sense. Now, you would assume that if you've just seen Martin Bryant gun down 20 people indiscriminately in a cafe, you wouldn't be hanging around for a cigarette chatting with mates at the front of the balcony, would you? No. And did this CCTV cropped image, was he carrying the gun? No, he was not. He was unarmed, running from the scene. Which, but yet then he had his gun later. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Furthermore, there's footage of a police helicopter landed outside of the cafe where a man enters the helicopter and it flies away, not flying and landing to it in response to it, leaving the event. Hmm. Would that have been the shooter? Possibly, very possible. This is what I think about. Now, according to the reports told by the police and the government, Bryant had three weapons. He had a Daewoo combat shotgun, which was left in his car, not actively used. as far as I know, the Colt AR-15, and he had a Belgian FN assault rifle. Now, those are very popular in Australia. They were the bulk of our military rifles throughout the Vietnam War. That's what we used. Um, They were across our our reservists. The reservists had them, and a lot of people used them in general. So that's not an an unpopular firearm to be in Australia. But those were the three he supposedly used. So we have this... (laughs) intellectually impaired young man who tested an IQ of 66 with severe cognitive limitations suddenly, entirely and magically metamorphosized into the world's most lethal killer and trained in counter-terrorism marksmanship. No. (laughs) No, I don't buy that at all. No. No. And all of this, you are dismissed as a far-right conspiracy theorist, a neo-Nazi, a gun nut if you question any of these elements. But why would you... Just what you presented right now, just just so far, me, who's not the brightest man in the world, I'm not the stupidest, but I'm not the brightest, um, I often say I'm half-retarded sometimes, I'm putting these pieces together and they don't make sense at all. And... Everybody bought this? Like, it, this just seems too ob- obscure to even buy. 
You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, well, none of this information actively made it out. The event happened, the siege happened, they captured him, he admitted guilt, and it was very quickly put through the court system. It wasn't publicised and Mm. he just went away. So we've got this person with an an official IQ of an 11-year-old who meticulously planned and strategized this entire event to an extent that someone of his intellectual capabilities could not do. Even our Brigadier Ted Serring said he is equal to the best in the world. A Brigadier within our army. He is one of the best in the world. Very strange comment to make after a mass shooting in Australia. Yeah. So Bryant pleaded guilty at this point to the killings and received 35 life sentences without parole, which is more than 1,035 years. His motives are still subject to today and in high debate amongst people in our community. The massacre led to a reassessment of Australia's gun laws by the newly elected Howard government, which is interesting to note that that was a conservative government at the time, who was only in power when it is in power because it has the support of our firearms, our our hunters, our farmers, all the traditional voters keep them in power. So for a traditional person to, at a national level, dismantle our firearms, that was a massive, massive thing. So much I can remember that John Howard being on the television wearing a bulletproof vest when the majority of firearms in our country could penetrate a bulletproof vest anyway. We have high-powered hunting rifles for deer. It was all show. It was all theatre to make it look like the Prime Minister was at threat from um, far-right gun extremists. But still, good little Australians, we did the right thing, we saw an event happen, and we handed our firearms in. So much to the point I can remember I was riding a bike with my dad one day and the police pulled over and that was the day they came to collect his firearms, the ones that they could take. So all these well-meaning Australians who thought they were doing the right thing handed in their firearms. Many even handed in firearms that weren't even registered in the first place. They had no idea they were in circulation. Oh. Oh. Like, I'm I'm just sitting here as, as an American trying to wrap my head around this. Because we have a lot of veterans, we have a lot of patriots in this country that aren't going to turn over their guns that easy. If, if, if a cop car shows up, hey, we're here to collect your guns. Nine times out of 10, I don't think the situation is going to go the way the police think it's going to go. And I'm not advocating for, for violence or anything. It's just that's how most Americans are. And But then that kind of contradicts what I said in the beginning because we sit here on our ass and don't say nothing about what's been going on so you know what i mean until they show up i think that that's what it's going to take but to to like i'm trying to picture your dad being like here or or just anybody like well this one's not registered here you can have it like my first instinct would be like no those are going under the floorboard yeah Yeah. yep (laughs) um and we we saw that recently in new zealand with their their mosque shooting there were a lot of firearms in new zealand that disappeared over the sides of boats and fishing trips but it happens a lot. So mm-hmm. I'm surprised more people didn't do it back then. But like you said, it was the 90s. The technology wasn't there to research these things, right. to ask questions. We had a media pumping and government on both sides pumping the same message. People were a lot more trusting in government back then. And the psychological trauma of having that many people killed, innocent people, 
It definitely left its mark. So much the National Firearms Agreement between our state and federal governments was announced within two weeks of the massacre. So things moved very quickly. It established heavy restrictions on the use of automatic and semi-automatic weapons and created the gun buyback program and a national gun registry with a waiting period for firearms. So in the past, you would just go and you'd give your name, you'd buy it. Half the Mm -hmm. time you didn't have to register depending on the state you're in. So we've gone to now to a system where you can have lever action rifles, you can have bolt action rifles, you can have uh, lever action shotguns, but you can't have pump action shotguns. You can have straight bull shotguns. You cannot have semi-automatics unless you're a farmer. And even then that's hard to get to actually procure. And there's a, a waiting period. Furthermore, we saw more than 400,000 reserve firearms pulped and destroyed, which should have gone into government storage for mm. the potential event of Australia needing it for wartime. Instead, they were destroyed. So the ability for Australia to defend itself and the jewel that we are as a southern farming hub for the world, if we're invaded by a foreign army, our public is largely disarmed, our reservists are largely disarmed, and we're reliant on quite a small military compared to what other nations hold. We're reliant on America coming to our aid. And we're a ways away. You are a ways away. we do have bases that are somewhat close, but to get any type of major fighting power there, it's going to take time. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. you have p- countries like, you know, China's a lot closer than us. Uh, you, you know, obviously North Korea is a lot closer than we are to you and, and what have you. Why would you put your own country at that kind of risk? That, in my mind, is, is the only reason America really hasn't been invaded because of the gun to human population ratio is too high they no army is going to set foot on our ground and think they they're going to stand a chance because you're going to have people hiding around trees taking these people out you know you're this is local little farmer and everybody this is the interesting thing this is very reminiscent of world war ii japanese uh surveillance of australia the japanese decided against a mainland invasion of Australia because of the high firearm density to its population. They'd planned on taking Papua New Guinea and launching bombing raids and slowly coming down through Australia, but they realised the firearm density to our population was so high, a mainland invasion wasn't going to be possible unless they had the infrastructure ready to go. And now that's been taken away from us as a nation. And to think that nothing, and knock on wood, I like, I don't ever want to see anything bad, but nothing has happened like that yet. You know what I mean? No, like, no, we've just got our own tyrannical <laughs> government going on. It, true. <laughs> um, which I have to talk about now that because we've spoken about Port Arthur and how that's changed the gun culture in Australia and what's happened over time. But just prior to the events of COVID, um, our state government put a a blanket ban on buying any new firearms or any ammunition during the pandemic because our police minister for our state said it was very concerning that so many people were buying firearms all at once and buying ammunition. Little did the media let everyone know that this was peak hunting season when people buy new (laughs) firearms and people buy ammunition. Of course, it's always at those numbers. All the data shows that those numbers have been trending upwards as the sport becomes more popular, but they tried to manipulate that to suggest that 
people would use firearms against the government and their measures for COVID. And people bought it hook, line and sinker. I had to wait three months to get a firearm. Unreal. Maybe if they would rethink their tyranny, they wouldn't have to worry about that in the back of their mind. You know what exactly I mean? Like, right. uh, maybe we shouldn't be forcing all this shit and pissing our, our citizens off because there's more citizens than there are a, a governing body. Like, the, wow, <laughs> the and way the way way shit gets manipulated. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And even recently, hey, we can see cutting season. Yeah, everybody's buying new shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. And we can see how that the idea of Port Arthur being the questioning of Port Arthur being the point of, or if you question it, you're a conspiracy theorist and a far right bigot. That's being used and weaponized by the media today. Prior to Christmas, we had a police shooting in Queensland. Very rare in Australia. Very rarely a police killed in the line of duty. We had two police that were targeted and killed in Queensland by conspiracy theorists. One was a principal who had had a severe heart attack while on the job after having to get his second COVID-19 shot. He refused the booster, lost his job. The second person was his ex-wife, a teacher who also lost her job over COVID and the mandates. And the third was his brother, who the media has labelled as a far-right conspiracy theorist who questions the reality of Port Arthur. So they're perpetrating this message that these three people killed these police because they were conspiracy theorists who questioned Port Arthur and the COVID narrative. Very possible. These people could be mentally unwell and have done that. For me, that's hard to digest considering those people were, were very well-educated, conforming members of society in their roles as both a principal and a teacher. That's not what you see from those types of people. So your questions that you sent into the Conspiracy Underground are starting to make more sense now. Those were actually recent events that were just like, like you sent in your voice question and you sent some clips in and we played it and Ryan and I reacted to it. But now hearing like the much broader backstory and, and surroundings around what you, you were sending in makes more sense. Cause I'm like, oh, wow, they're labeling everybody a, a right wing conspiracy a theorist, just like they're doing over here. You know what I mean? We're, we're, extremist terrorists if, if you're a patriot in this country now and now you explaining that more i'm just sitting here like holy shit okay now i'm starting to see the picture yeah and as we'll bring that picture together it's very easy to see that there's a definitely a a means to label anyone who questions authority questions the government as being a far-right extremist anyone that owns a firearm is going to be heavily watched and looked at now so much in my state that if you get a driving offence, a drinking offence, like you're drunk in public, you get a COVID-related offence when we had our COVID laws, you lost your firearms. Wow. Now, if you do get uh, a DUI here in the United States, uh, they do take, take your firearms, but eventually you get them back. You know what I mean? Uh, after a certain period of time. But uh, just questioning uh geez Holy so an shit. example of that might be um during covid when we're only allowed to have our hour of exercise a day within five kilometers of our house if i was caught any longer than an hour or a meter outside of my little perimeter and police had caught me 
that would have meant I'm a threat to the public health and they would have taken my firearms away from me. Crazy. Has no that, that has nothing to do with a virus at all. No, it's yeah, control. Those, yeah. So those things were passed and um, as a means to get people to comply. You know who here in the United States gets one hour of rec time? Prisoners. Mm-hmm. Okay, rec time. Go out and play for an hour. Burn off some steam. Okay, back into your hole. Wow. Yeah. And, and the irony that we had all these firearms made illegal within Australia, so we lost our semi-automatics, we lost our pump-action shotguns. And then during the peak of COVID, we see our militarised police walking around with pump-action shotguns with AR-15s. And that should be the biggest message for Australians. And as an Aussie who, if you reference the American firearm system, you're dismissed as a nut job. But look at, the, look at America. At least you've got the same capacity to own firearms that the state does. Yes. We do not. Man, I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around what's so dangerous about the pump action versus a lever action shotgun. Yeah, there's no difference. Theoretically, I think I could get more rounds off of the lever action than I would a pump. No, even I personally have never shot a lever action shotgun. I don't even think I've seen one. Um, I've only ever seen, you know, uh, break action or a pump. Um, so that just doesn't make any sense. Like, what, what the what's the difference? And you're you're sitting here saying, well, I can probably get them off quicker with a lever action. I'm like, well, even I, I, I've I, got I, a I've got a 12 gauge Adler, which is a straight pull which has a little bar on the side. You pull back for the breach uh -huh. and it straight loads for you. You can fit five in the, in the chamber and just keep loading it back like X and it has a pistol grip. So it's very easy to do that. As soon as that firearm made its way to the market, because it's not classified as a pump, the media went nuts on it. Police went nuts on it. They're actively trying to get it reclassified so that people can't own it. So it's not just a single, here's a gun registration blanket ban. Ever since then, the police force, the government have been actively targeting different firearms and recategorizing them so the average person cannot own them. Or you have to mm -hmm. increase your level of um, license for it. So at a baseline, you have a Category A license, which allows you to have air rifles and um, shotguns. A I mean, category... you have to have a, a, a license to have a BB gun? Yeah, uh, yeah. Even to the point what? where gel blasters are full out illegal. Um, we have... A category B, which is for high-powered hunting rifles and shotguns, and a category C um, gets you semi-automatic. After that, you've got further categories which you need to be in the defence force and for pistols and alike. But it's a ranking system, and you have to jump through hoops to get them. Wow. All over this one? All over this one event. Aged so, event. So much that... I have to belong to a hunting a club, so I'm a, part, a member of a club, and you have to attend X amount of meetings each year to maintain your licence. If you don't have that, you don't have a lawful reason for holding your licence, and it's taken Unreal. away from you. Unreal. Absolutely. Man, and I used to want to move to Australia. I'd not no more. <laughs> no, if, you, if you're moving to Australia, you, you want to buy a farm so they can leave you alone. Yeah. Holy hell, like I thought it was I, I thought it was ridiculous with some of our laws, but you guys make us 
look sane. Yeah. Um, even you guys, can you have night vision scopes and, and FLIR and stuff like that for your firearms? Mm-hmm. We can we can own that stuff here, but it can't be attached to a rifle. As soon as it's attached to a rifle or a firearm, then it's illegal. Now we can't hunt with, with them. You know what I mean? But yeah, we're, we're allowed to put them on our, our guns and 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 for you know self defense and what have you. Yeah, and that, that's the difference. You guys have that self defense angle behind having firearms. We don't. You have to have a lawful reason: recreation, sporting, hunting, or pest control. So that that was really that was scraping the surface of all this information, but that was the main parts that should make you question it and research it yourself. And I think for Americans, that's enough of a deep dive to understand how something can be used and manipulated to push an agenda. And I definitely see that happening. The the Vegas shooting was rife with that. The amount of firearms the guy had, but didn't actively use all of them and the questions around how he got them into the hotel and yeah that there was that there was active fight shooters on the ground that were seen by witnesses that were never investigated and from helicopter and same types of things we see with port arthur there are things that witnesses reported that was never followed up by police and when you listen back to some of the audio coverage that was released I'm sorry, that was a belt-fed gun that most people were hearing. Oh, yeah, you can hear fed. that. The consistent pop, 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 pop. Yep. And that, it, oh, he used a semi-automatic. I'm like, the fuck he did. That was a belt. <laughs> well, where do I start? I'm bad shit, what you read in the covenant is cap. I was bred by the government. Fact check every head when it come to this upside down system. Had enough of it. Another sapien that's on the globe. Lost cold, looking for the direction, but don't nobody know. The only bit of insight that they ever sold me, I've been start to find out, doesn't really hold. Every highfalutin piece of shit hidden in a tie, high motives to align goals. Cheating on your wife, my ties at the ninth hole. Someone gotta die, they don't care, they itemize souls. Tit jobs from Botox to light bulbs, light bulbs in my head of where I might go. I'm on a tightrope, walking this edge. And I've been wondering if anyone loves me, shit And I've been wondering if anyone loves me, yeah Fuck And I've been wondering if, look I've been hopping down this rabbit hole for quite some time To find lines that connect through to all their lies They normalize a real life poltergeist To trust Pfizer with a remedy to make you right The thought's sick I take a chance and roll my dice Because something in my stomach isn't sitting right I want a soul search, find a place to bring in light But I can't cause Fuck I'm bad shit, what you read in the covenant It's cap You were fed by the government Fact check every head when it come to this upside down system Had enough of it, we bat shit What we read in the covenant, it's cap We were fed by the government Fact check every head when it come to this upside down system Had enough of it I want the power to shake shit and shift shape Tap in the pineal eye without a mistake We have the power to live right and get straight But they found a way to remove this, they bitch made Hey. 
Keep on calcifying glands with your flow ride while I flow ride the valor of rhyme. I'm flying high by the seat of my pants. A beat speaking to me, no, I'm talking back every chance. Hoping one day I make it overseas or to France. But in the Northwest, I trip without a traveling band. Yeah. And that's word to my cat plug. I'm higher than giraffe puss. Look what the cat drug in. Now I'm scribbling this rap in the bathtub. At midnight, I don't fill it up with the tap cup. Soaking in my cannabis suds. Anything for a buzz. Reclaim my residue inside of a dab jug. Peel through a fat stash, burning the last snug. I picture this dimension I don't want to come back from. But here I am, still stuck in the bathtub. My brain fried, but honestly, I'm fine. I'd rather not have one. I'm batshit. I'm fucking bad shit, and it's your fucking fault. It's their fault. Straight up. I'm done. I'm bad shit, what you read in the covenant. It's cap. You were fed by the government. Fact check every head when it come to this upside down system. Had enough of it. Enough of it. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.